Hey kids, you are listening to Radio Free Brooklyn and this show is Fish Out of Agua. Today is Tuesday, July 25th, 2017. It's the middle of summer and the middle of things is always where the most interesting parts are. We have a lot of show for you today, but first I want to start with this song. Maybe it didn't come out in the summer, but it'll always be a summer song to me. Oh yeah, that infamous summer of 1984. Maybe we'll find out more about it later. Or maybe you won't. But this song is here right now. And we're back with Fish Out of Agua on Radio Free Brooklyn. 
That was Shaka Khan and Rufus with Ain't Nobody, originally released in November of 1983, but for me will always be part of the infamous summer of 1984. Yeah, I know, some of yous weren't even born then, but, you know, we all have a summer that we remember, and that one is just one of mine. (laughs) It's nice to have a few of those in the memory bank. It certainly is, you know, for when you're thinking, oh, I never did nothing in my life. And you're like, no, honey, you did this and this and this and this and this and this and that. Well, as I promised, uh, we have a lot of show for you today. We have a fantastic guest interview with um, one, a theater artist of my recent acquaintance who is very exciting and I can't wait to share it, her, it, her, with you, and I actually want to play a song that she picked, handpicked, for her intro. This one comes from a totally multi-talented family. This song is actually by her cousin. His name is Javier Luis, and this song is called Para Que Quieres Vida, For You Want to Live, from the album Himno a la Mujer, from 2008, A Woman's Anthem. Para Que Quieres Vida. Para que quieres vida? Para que quieres vida? Because you want to live. Pienso que es un desatino y que es una mala decisión que camines el Come on. 
playing salsa music on the show now i swear i i swear on my red hair i have never listened to some as much salsa music in my entire life as i have doing this show because i wanted it to be authentic when i was like talking when in the first season when i was talking about my book fish out of agua and i was reading stories that had to to do with salsa music or salsa was part of the background i had to look up the songs and play them and um, it wasn't the music that I really listened a lot to growing up. My parents really didn't listen to it that much at home. A lot of my relatives did, but my mom liked the Beatles. She liked the Beatles and she liked R&B. She liked like Hugh Miskella grazing in the grass and she liked Al Green and she liked, um, she liked Marvin Gaye a lot. And she liked Curtis Mayfield and hey, you know, your parents like the music that they like and you like the music that you like. And But I'm really grateful to be getting this um, education with salsa now. I think it's really cool. It's like expanding my horizons. And who would think, you know, but hey, you know, we all, we, we it's, it's good. It's, it's good to learn shit because, oops. Oh no, I don't have to worry about saying that because this is internet radio. <laughs> okay, so it's about time for my favorite part of the show. Fish Out of Agua's Guest Artist of the Week. Woohoo! And I'm actually getting better at this because I'm not going to give anything away right now, but we're just going to have our little intro and we're going to get right to it. So you know what that means? A little bit of fanfare.
And we're back with Fish Out of Agua's guest artist of the week. Woo! This is my absolute most favorite part of the show. I know I say it every week, and that's because it's true. And I'm sitting here today with a with someone who's one of my favorite performers, and I know I say that all the time because everybody's my favorite, and she's got some killer dilla eyeliner going on. I love those wings. So please welcome to Fish Out of Agua the fantastic and amazing and prolific Marlene Villafan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Gracias, mi amor, gracias. Oh, my God. Yes. No, please. I, I mm. wanted to have you on because, you know, A, you're a nice person, and B, you're a great performer. Former and mm -hmm. you know the, the, that's the criteria. That's the only two yeah, criteria you need. Criteria. You, have to, you have to be good, and I have to like you. That's it. And that's, that's it. it. If that's you're it. not good, and you don't like it. Right. That, exa exactamente. Point blank. Point blank. Exactly. So, so Marlene, um, let's tell let's let's uh, tell Fish Out of Agua how we met. Because this was pretty friggin' cool. It was really cool how we met. Um, first of all, let me go, let me rewind. Okay. Rewind. Do uh, it. Back in uh, the early 2000s, for quite a few years, I was living in Brooklyn. And I was going through a period of kind of like a little bit of a depression. You know, we all go through that sometimes. So I went to a Barnes and Nobles, not far from, from Park Slope. And I said, let me just prep, you know, peruse, let me look at the books. I feel like reading something inspirational, something funny, something that will make me, you know, move me or something. So I'm looking and all of a sudden I see a book that says, Fish Out of Agua. I take it out, I'm like, the cover looks interesting, the red hair, and I was like, ah, let me read this. And I started reading it and I was like, wow, this is really cool. This is like really cool and I was like, hmm, I, I like this person. I like, I like what she had to say. I like, in some ways I kind of relate to her. You know, um, I don't have freckles and red hair, but still, in some ways, I do relate. Uh, Puerto Rican growing up in New York City, I'm gawky. I was gawky. I was pain, uh, painfully shy, and that, I was painfully shy. Um, that was my experience growing up, but in some ways, and somehow, we related. So jump ahead a few years. Um, let's go to, like, maybe 20, I think it was 2014 or 2013, I think, a few years ago. You were in Eminem Studios. Oh, that was that was like two years ago. That was like yeah, fifteen. Right. Fifteen, right? Yeah. So it turns out that I'm I'm working as a producer at Eminem Studios, 59th Street, and I've been Manhattan for, Neighborhood Network. For those who don't know, because I know we have some listeners that are not in the U.S. Right. And Manhattan, neighbor, Manhattan Neighborhood Network, they put out a lot of great shows. So I was I've been taking classes there, producing. So one night I go in to get ready for my show that I do every single week on Tuesday night, and all of a sudden, bam. I go downstairs to the open studio and I'm looking at this woman with this red hair and freckles and I'm like, wait a minute, this looks like the woman who was in back of the book. Oh my God, that's like, crazy. Like, this looks like Michelle Carlo. And I was like, wait a minute, is this the Michelle Carlo? I was like, oh my God. I freaked out. I ran up to you and I was like, Michelle, I've got your book. I read your book. And I bugged out. Like, you totally. bugged out. You were doing like, oh, this wonderful piece um, that you've written. And uh, you were there in the open studio. I was watching. I was totally in awe of you. I really was. Oh, my and God. It, I yeah, don't think anybody I, ever called me the Michelle Carlo the before. The Michelle Carlo. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, this is radio, <laughs> so you can't see me. Like, I'm, like, blushing so hard. My face is, like, the same color as my hair. Oh, my God. Yeah, cause the, the book came out in uh, September of 2010, mm -hmm. so it's almost seven years. Lucky seven for it. Yeah. If it was a kid, it'd be starting second grade. Yeah, verdad? So, totally, totally. Oh, my God. So I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was really, like, totally in awe. 
I was like, this is like, this is meant to be. When things like that happen, I call yeah. it serendipitous, it's providence, it's meant to be. I think everything's orchestrated for a reason if you allow it to orchestrate it in the right way. No, I agree. I agree. And, and we exchanged, yeah. I remember we exchanged, I totally remember that meeting. We exchanged contact info and we kept in touch and here yeah. we are sitting here right now. Um, Marlene is an accomplished solo performer. She's a wonderful singer and cabaret artist. I'm sure she has all kinds of fabulousness going on. <laughs> and um, I just want to say again for those of, for those who are not in the United States that MN, MNN is Manhattan Neighborhood Network. It's uh, like the Manhattan Cable. Right. And mm-hmm. also MNN, for those of you who are in the United States or are in New York City, that's the network that had that famous Robin Bird show. Oh, the for, Robin Bird show. Yeah, and so many others. Uh, John, oh God. I Chris can't. Gethard. Yes. Chris Gethard, the great comedian who's, who's he's on, he was on Fusion and now he's on a Another channel, and major gl- channel. And Glenn's, he had a show Glenn's there somebody or another who was part of the paper magazine and the Warhol crew who so just who who just passed. Oh, he why can't I remember pa- his oh, name? Really? Glenn something. Ugh. Ugh. Do you read well? I didn't okay. I didn't have any research. I had no idea we were gonna be talking about this. Mm-hmm. Glenn Marla? Glenn Glenn. Oh, well, we'll figure okay, it out. Okay. It, we'll figure it out. Okay, so let's let's get back to <laughs> now. Let's get away from this awkward moment where Michelle doesn't know what she's talking about, and we are going to um, get back to Marlene. So Marlene, so yes, so you are you grew up New Yorkian in New York City, or you're yeah. from, or you're from PR original? I grew up a New Yorkian uh, in which I, means that born here. Born here. I grew up in the Upper West Side. And uh, yeah, I went to school in the Upper West Side. I went to Performing Arts High School. Oh no, no yeah. doubt, fame. Yeah, the fame school. Did you go in the fame days? The fame. Uh, let me tell you something. If I can say this little story, I've got to say this. It's, oh, you it's can say. Funny. Listen, this is not FCC. This is, so yeah, this is very funny. When I was attending the fame school, Performing Arts High School, which is in back of Lincoln Center, after they moved, I went there. When I was attending the school at the time, they were giving uh, uh, the show Fame. The television show, not the yeah. movie. Yeah, I remember the television yeah. show. I used to it watch it all great. the time. It was great, right? It was great. So I remember um, I when I would come home from school, I'd bump into my friends who lived in the same building I did on the bottom floor. The young lady came out and she said, do you go to performing arts high school? I said, yeah. Do you see Leroy? Do you see Coco? Do you see Mr. Sharofsky? Do you see Bruno? I said, sweetheart. That is not real. It's a freaking television oh show. Oh, my God. It's not real. But do you, people do that all the time. Yeah. They think TV is real. Yeah, they think we sing on the, on, sing on the, on the cafeteria and tables. And you jump on the cars. On the taxis. I'm like, no, Mommy, no. This is, that's, we don't do that. Oh, my it, God, Bruno. I had, such a, I had such a crush on Bruno. <laughs> with the curly hair. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Sharofsky in it. Oh, no, my said, God. No, no, honey, no. This is not like that. It's not. It's fun. I had fun. But, you know, it wasn't like that. But yeah, I think people sometimes have a hard time separating reality from television. I had somebody once, like, ask me if I went to school, high school with the sweat hogs. And I was like, <laughs> really? I grew up in the Bronx. Well, they, I, I grew up in the Bronx. Like, like no, 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 no. Welcome back, Kater. No, 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 no. Okay, so, so you went to performing arts. So did you always want to be a performer? Were you the type of kid that danced around the living room with a hairbrush, like to yes. Jesus Christ Superstar and yeah. whatever, stuff like that? When I was little, I, I used to use a brush, a comb, maybe lollipop stick or something, and just look in the mirror and sing, and wear sunglasses and sing. They would take pictures of me, and I would just make up all kinds of crazy songs. I just remember that specifically. I, I, I started doing that when I was like three years old. Even before I can formulate full, complete sentences, my mother told me I was already singing, making up melodies. Oh, wow. Running around making up melodies with my hair out and pretend, pretending I'm, doing, I'm in these different scenes. 
and I was a big TV watcher. I was a, I was very much addicted to television. But and who wasn't? I mean, yeah. TV was good. But I mean, yeah, I guess everybody's generation says that TV is good now. But like, no, I think TV was really good when I was oh young. Oh my God, the shows they had back then were great, great shows. Yeah. And uh, welcome back, hotter. No. <laughs> that was funny. That was a funny show. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Crazy funny. Yeah. But uh, I used to watch all kinds of shows and just imitate these characters, imitate. Can you name some some that, that influenced you that you really like? Uh, the uh, the uh, Catwoman, um, Eartha Kitt. Oh my God, Eartha uh, Kitt. Eartha Kitt. I love, I love her. Watching Eartha Kitt. Um, uh, I used to watch reruns of. Um, Oh, the Jeffersons. Oh, my God. I love the, the Jeffersons. The Jeffersons was a great show. I used to watch um, Sanford and Son. Sanford and Son. All in the Family. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Edith. Hey, Edith. Hey, Edith. You know, it was just really funny. Oh, Archie. Archie. It was just great. All those, all those things, 70s you know. and 80s, one day at a time. Just, we're not going to sit here and name TV shows, but now, <laughs> now you know. All the stuff that's on, like, Nickelodeon, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah, or yeah. TV Land. Yeah, something. TV Land. Oh, my God. And then, and the um the first Batman, he just died. Oh, he, he did. He just passed Ad, Adam, yes, Adam West. Adam West passed away. Wow. He passed away. And he only played the role for for like two or three years, and and, and he became identified with forever, like it the same way that like Leonard Nimoy became him, identified the, with Spock, yeah, with Spock, the and same uh, exact and um, way. William Shatner with Captain Kirk, or the monkeys, you yeah, know? the monkeys were a fake band, but they actually became a real band, correct? Afterwards, so yeah, it's like that kind yeah. of thing. So, so mm. you always were performing in some in some way, shape, or form since you were very little. Yes. Now, were you encouraged to do this? Did they? Did your parents think it was okay, or did they think that it was like, oh, she's having fun, let her? do it and did it turn did it turn different when they realized you wanted to do this for a living well they my mother never really tried just to, to stop me from emoting or making up songs or being a, a musical person she never made me stop doing that she always let me do it always let me do it um and i went to to high school and i you know, I was very shy in high school, extremely painfully shy in high school. Even growing up, I was painfully shy. So I was like, is this for me? Is this not for me? I love doing it, but, you know, I'm kind of shy. I love doing it, but I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of trying to work this this, this gawkiness. How am I going to deal with this gawkiness? And I, so, and like, it took me a while to really figure out my niche, I would say. Mm. Because I, I could do impressions, I can dance, I can sing, I can act. I wow. Can do, but it was like, what am I going to do when I don't know and how she to channel can. it? How and to, she can. You know, <laughs> you know how to channel it. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. how to channel it. And I was kind of like, in one point, I was kind of lost. What am I going to do? What is my niche? I don't even know who I am. So it took me a while to figure out what my niche was, mm -hmm. which is important, I think, for an artist to know what their yeah. niche is, what their place is. Because not every niche is for that person. That's I don't correct. believe that. That's correct. you got to find the right thing I, for you. And it takes time. Yeah. I mean, with me, it took... It, it it took a lot of trial and error and error and, yeah, and error, 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 error. Did you go to a performing arts college? I went to Manhattan School of Music for college. Oh, wow. So you yeah. performing arts college. Performing arts wow. college. Wow. That's great. And, yeah. and, and, and yeah, no opposition. No. I mean, Lucky and, you. And no, no. They, they, my mother was very like, yeah, go. I mean, and, and she saw that I was going through my situations, you know, trying to, like, same thing, trying to find myself and what am I, I going to do? Oh, yeah. God. And she says, listen, you know, it's up to you. You make the choice. you got to make the choice and stick by it. You know, you can do it. you got the talent. I don't want you to go nuts trying to figure out who you are because you know who you are. And I support what you do, but you got to, you know, go with it and stick with it because you've got it. You've got Great. it. Great. 
you know, and uh, so That's she fabulous. never, never has she tried to discourage me. Never, never, Michelle, never. Oh, you're so lucky. I, and I'm so lucky I never had, you know, that type of situation where my parents like, no, you have to be this. You have to be that. You got to be a doctor. You got to be a lawyer. You got to be this. Yeah. You cannot be a performer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they never. didn't, th mine didn't tell me that I couldn't because I wouldn't listen because that, as, as my mother says, <laughs> you, you do, you do what you've always done what you wanted to do anyway. I was so like, that's listening. right, mommy. But it wasn't easy. I didn't have their blessing until I was really? older. Really? You know what I mean? Yeah, there were certain family members of mine that would just let that thought I was like an, really? an idiot and a fool. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. Wow. And I, yeah. Wow. So, you know, but like, no, You're I, my, my, my dad, far. my dad, you know, he got it. And I'm glad that he did, and it was before he passed. And my mom is so proud of me now. Oh. And, I, and, so, and I have certain relatives that are so proud of me now. But it took time, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not 25, you know, mm -hmm. and, like, I, I wonder if – you know what? You can't. You can't. You can't do revisionist history. You don't know what would have happened if things would have been different when you no, were growing you up. Because know. every single thing that happens to you is happens to get you to the place where you yeah. are now. And it's an. It's a step. Yeah, it's a stepping block. So when was the first time you you tell me about like when was your first like like step to being where you are now? My first step. Uh, I was like after school. Like you, were you like in movie? Like yeah, go ahead. You well, I started touring, so that was oh. a good thing. I started touring. Like with whom? I I toured with uh, several companies after I graduated college. I landed my first tour. Actually, oh. two tours. Wow. The one that that was really great that I landed was called Showboat. The show, uh, the Showboat, and it was with Livent Live Entertainment. Wow. It was a big company that did, had they had Kiss the Spider Woman. They did that on Broadway. They had Showboat on Broadway. They had. Um, God, there was so many other things. Sunset Boulevard. Yes, they I'm familiar with all Broadway. those shows. So they you to Broadway live in. They closed. So were you equity then from the get go? I got into equity through Showboat, but Australian equity. Australian like equity. The Australian Union. Wait, so you, so you, you, your first job was in the theater company in Australia. In Australia, yeah. How friggin' cool is that? It was an Australian. Oh tour. my God! Uh -huh. And I did that tour. We went to. Um, and how old were you? I was about twenty. Seven, maybe. Oh, girl, 26. you must have had, and you were single? Yes, I was Oh, single. you must have had so much fun. Yeah, but well, before I left, I met a really cute Greek guy, and, you know. Oh, oh, oh okay. okay. So that's what <laughs> <laughs> You know, but, but anyway, um, so I did that tour, and I landed it, and there were two other tours going on with Showboat. Showboat was on Broadway at the time. It was finishing up when those tours were happening. It was on Broadway with Lanette McKee. The other two tours, the other three tours going on while it was on Broadway was the Chicago tour, the English tour, and the Australian tour as it was finishing off on Broadway, like I said. Wow. So the one in Chicago was with Marilyn McCoo. She was playing um, Julie, yes. the, the biracial woman. The one in Australia was with, uh, um, with a young lady who had understudied Lynette McKee in Toronto wow. when they did it originally because Toronto was their original, it was the, the headquarters of where Livent was. Livent started in Toronto. That's their headquarters. Their base was Toronto. Wow. And they pulled out so many shows, so, but they closed, they folded. But anyway, they had Showboat, and that was, a, that was going well. Wow. So as it was about to close, they had those three tours, and I got into the Australian tour. And then I, I, I understudied Estelle, Estelle Mace Cotton, who understudied Lanette, who, by the way, is, was in the movie Jungle Fever. Mm-hmm. Beautiful biracial woman, gorgeous. And she understudied her in Toronto. And then Lonette, Lonette went on to Broadway, and Estelle decided to do the Australian tour. So wow. I, understudied, I, I understudied Estelle, and then I went on for a week. I just keep saying, wow, this is yeah. like crazy. Yeah, and then I went on for a week. 
So I got to work with really great people. Barry Otto, who was the father of Miranda Otto, the actress. If nobody knows Miranda Otto. Oh, she played Eowyn in The Lord of the Rings. That's yeah. all you need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Geek. Because uh, I'm a Geek-a-Rican. 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 And I got to meet her. I got to work with Barry Otto, who was in Strictly Ballroom, my one of my favorite Australian films of, by Baz Luhrmann, the director. Um, and I worked with Marina Pryor, who was the first lady of... Of, of, of musical theater, great soprano voice of Australia. She's still singing. So I got to work with some really great people. Um, I got to work with um, uh, a lovely man who played uh, the male role, who sang Old Man River, mm -hmm. Joe. And this man played Officer Dan in the show Married with Children, and he was a singer. And he played Joe on, in the show as well. So I got to work with a lot of great people. And I did about a week worth of shows wow. as Julie, because I understudied her, and I went on as Julie, the biracial young lady. So how and long did we with this company? Well, I, I did about seven months in, in Sydney with them, and then we went back home and then came back to do Melbourne for about a good, I want to say three or four months. So I was with them for like seven, eight, nine, ten, almost almost a year, but not really making the year. Wow, wow. So when yeah, you so when you came back to New York City, how how did things work out? It was it was quite different because after I went back to New York City, I kept auditioning, but then I took time for myself. I wanted to take time just to to breathe and all that, and I wanted to meditate more. I wanted to you know um, level myself out a little bit more. I found a job. Um, Singing in Russian nightclubs. That's what I did. You mean like the ones in Brighton Beach, yes. like like Tatiana? Yes, Tatiana, Rosia, all those places. So I decided, okay, let me go find a job. I want to move out. I wanted to move out, and I did. I know I, it's I it's hard sometimes for us uh -huh. Puerto Rican girls. Yeah. Like you're supposed to stay home till you get married, and you're supposed you don't yeah. get married till you're 39. No, well, I ain't staying. Uh -uh. Uh -uh, no, 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 two o'clock in the morning curfew. Later no, for uh -uh. that. No, thank you. No, thank you. Unconventional. Yeah, unconventional Boricua. I'm sorry to tell you, but I'm not. I'm not sorry. Well, no, I'm sorry, I, I, sorry. I'm proud to say that. Yeah, I I, listen, I, you're preaching to the choir here. <laughs> Woo, tap, tap. Okay, so so you're a Boricua, and yeah. you're singing in Russian nightclubs. So what does the Boricua sing in a Russian nightclub? Well, they hired me to sing a lot of the KTU-type dance songs. Oh, okay. The Russian nightclub, the Russians, they love... They like the disco. Oh, they love dance songs. The ones here on KTU, Amber was really big mm. with sexual. All those songs that came out... So they, they had me singing a lot of those da the dance songs and some ballads. I did some ballads in English. So they're really into that. They love it. They eat it up. They love it. They enjoy it. And I used to do three nights a week, Friday, Saturday, and Sundays, working in nightclubs, just singing and doing the show. I did the show. I was in the show, like one of the stars of the show with the feathers, and I got to dance Ooh. and do like a 30-minute show with the other dancers. Like a mini Las Vegas. Like a mini Las Vegas. And I got to work with the other uh, Russian dancers, and I, I, I palled up with them. They, they, I loved them and all that. But then after a while, you, you outgrow sort of certain things. Yeah. I outgrew it. I mean, after three, three, three years of going to different Russian nightclubs working, I said, you know, it's time for me to move on. But I bet it's you you learned so much. I mean, having to do something so regularly all the time, yes. you know, it gets, it, you, it nice. gets you used to that. You get used to that, and it does yeah. pay you off yeah you know, it does it does pay off it comes back to you in a really good way that's so. great so yeah. when, when when I got to know you Marlene you were just about to do your your solo show I don't I'm not sure if it was your first solo show the one that you did the one festival with Marlene goes to Hollywood Marlene Marlene goes Marlene, to Marlene, Marlene, Marlene goes I don't know why I'm calling you Marlene, <laughs> Marlene goes to I guess Hollywood. we were talking I guess we were talking about the Russians <laughs> well, you didn't call me Roberta so I'm no, not angry no, <laughs> Roberta no. I, I, I'm <laughs> yeah I guess we were talking <laughs> about Russian enough. so I'm, I'm pronouncing right, it with like yeah. with like a, the European accent yeah so what got you into writing for yourself? Well, 
I noticed that um, I would hang out with friends and families uh, sporadically, and then out of the blue, a person would just come, would talk to me and say, a friend of mine would say, different people that is, they say, so when, when are you gonna do a one woman show? Marlene, do you ever think of doing a one woman show? I would go and see you, I'd go and see you. Now I've had people, more than one person tell me that, almost back to back telling me that. So I said, okay, well, if, if more than one person is telling me this, then God is telling me something. I better listen. Maybe that'll be a good thing for me to do. Mm. And then um, I also had, I, I lost several people in my life that were very close to me, a, a very good friend of mine who was a wonderful musician, died at a very young age, God bless his soul, not to bring anyone down. He's with God now. And my father, I lost my, my father as well. And he believed in me to 100%. He was so supportive of me, very supportive of me. And, um, you know, he said, do your thing, do what you have to do. Just don't don't let up, you know. And um, that also encouraged me to to write a, a musical because I felt there was a lot of things about that that I needed to write about. Is this my the connection? Was this the first show that you wrote? Uh, I would say yes. It is my first show that actually is still telling a story. Okay, uh, that's because, amazing yeah. that it came from like such great personal. I mean, that's mm. that's where all the great stuff mm. comes out of. It's like it's like you take pain and you make art out of it yeah or you take struggle and you, you make art of it you take to. want and you make art out you of it you have to you yeah have to. yeah you know and uh well um, we have to other yeah. people take their pain and they yeah. do it's, other things with other it things that are hurtful yeah 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 so uh, i decided to write this this uh, show it started off smaller 45 minutes now it's about an hour and 20 minutes that's great i'm still fleshing it out yeah some parts i'm still fleshing out but for the most part as a whole it's, I think it's where it needs to be. And um, let me let that, me just yeah. mention that Mar Mar Marlene did her show. Marlene goes to Hollywood as part of Veronica Caicedo's One, One Festival, Festival. Uh, and I, you did that in 2016. I did in 2016. And, and then I won. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and she won. She wait, clap. <laughs> Insert a pause here. She won. So she got to do an encore performance, and yeah. I wasn't able to see you uh -huh. during then because I remember you did such a good job of promoting. Like a lot of a lot of us, and I mean like 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 Latina, we 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 don't promote enough. No. You know what I mean? And like yeah. you're on it. Mm -hmm. You are on it. I like every like every like you get an email and then every three days you get an email mm -hmm. and like you know, actually I think it was like weekly until it got to be like close and it was like every three days and mm -hmm. every time and it was like great because like I saw it in my inbox so many times, like, yeah, I gotta get a ticket for this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. So I learned I learned I learned. I learned. It's like, oh, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this show. Why is nobody there? Because you only said it once. <laughs> no. No. So, you know what I found? And you know what I found out too? You know when you say that things come to you when you need them? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I, I went to a Chinese restaurant, and I don't really like sweets, and mm -hmm. I don't really like fortune cookies. Yeah. But I Maybe opened up the fortune yeah. cookie, yeah. and you know what it said inside? What it said? He who has a thing to sell and goes and yells it in a well is not as apt to get the dollars as he who climbs a tree and hollers. Ooh. Okay, maybe that all wasn't written on the fortune cookie, but I saw that. <laughs> no, you know, my, my sometimes sometimes I have like alternative memory here, but like, I okay, no, it was on a tea box. No, like like celestial, yeah, yeah. It was like a, you know, like those. That, what's that uh -huh. tea that has like the sayings, the inspirational sayings, or something? Oh, like oh, from oh, different. Is it constant? Is it, common? Is, is it constant common or or or, or, or um, celestial seasonings something or something? Like it has yeah, something. it was like that. It was like that. Okay. Oh okay, wow, okay. that's a great saying. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. 
he has a thing to sell and goes and, 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 and says that in a well is not as apt to get the dollars as he who climbs a tree and hollers. Oh, Holla. you got to make the movement. Yeah, That's called mobilization. Yeah. You got to mobilize, yeah, yeah. mobilize to get to, you know. So um, are you, are you going to do a little bit from your, yes. is, is this a piece from Mar Marlene Goes to Hollywood? It sure is. This is a piece. Is there going to be any singing in it? Um, This is going to be more like, oh, imitations. We'll okay, imitations. impressions. I love it. You Your impressions are mad good. Thank you, sugar. Thank you. All Thanks. right, so here we go. Marlene Villafan with an excerpt from Marlene Goes to Hollywood. <laughs> she went to Hollywood. <laughs> da -na 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 -na. My little intro, my little intro. Okay. I was raised and went to the Catholic school in the Upper West Side. When I was little, I was insecure, so I became overly attached to a few things that gave me my security, like my wool blanket and television. I had a blanket, and I named it Wee Wee. And I would run around all day in the summer heat with Wee Wee, and then I'd take Wee Wee and cover my entire body from head to feet with Wee Wee, at bedtime, then one day, my great aunt from Puerto Rico threw out Wee Wee. She murdered Wee Wee! She murdered him! So I ran to my father in tears. Bobby, again, Wee Wee, I don't feel, again, again. Que malin, que paso, que? Ay, el Wee Wee, que malin, que? Ay, el Wee Wee, oh, 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 don't, don't worry about it, mama, don't worry about it. Don't cry, don't cry. No llore, Marlene, no llore. Next week I get you a new blankie, a new Wee Wee. I eventually got over Wee Wee. Second example, the television. My dad and I used to watch TV together, and after watching World Wrestling, I slap him down real hard like Jimmy the Superfly Snooker. Then he pretends to croak. Daddy, you look dead, Daddy. You really look dead, Daddy. You really dead, Daddy. Daddy, get up, Daddy. Daddy, get up. No, Mama. No, 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 no. Mwah! Oh, my God. Boy, he sure got me. Then we laugh and sit right next to each other watching shows like The Carol Burnett Show, movies like The Sound of Music, and our personal favorite, I Love Lucy. <laughs> oh, my dad had an obsession with English leather. You would have thought that he baked in it. <laughs> anyway, by third grade, my idea of studying was watching The Odd Couple and The Honeymooners at 11 o'clock at night until it watched me. Then I repeated the third grade. Hi, Dios mio. How those television shows and those Batman reruns. My cousin and I would pretend to fight off the Joker. We wear our bed sheets for capes. Then I pretended to be Batgirl, kicking him in the crotch real hard. Pow! And then I pretended to be the best Catwoman that ever lived. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Eartha Kid. I want to thank you, Michelle Carlo, for having me on the show. It's so wonderful. Forget, I used to be Carmen Mofongo. Yes. The one and only Latin lady was tall for my head. No, I love to go to. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, thanks for that. Oh my God. So like, you, this has been so so cool. I because I really don't know you that well. Which mm. like a lot of people that I've had mm. on, I've known for a number of years, right. and I I only I only know you slightly. I mean, mm-hmm. to be honest, yep, you know, I mean, like I admire your work or yeah, anything, yeah. but it's not like you know, like we know each other inside and out, we're right? Close to that, right, 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 right. It's it's not like we're home skillets. Well, we're probably gonna be after tonight. So. <laughs> But like I your, your your trajectory has seemed like seamless. So mm. like they has it was it really that that easy? I mean, or were there were there times where either gender or ethnicity or ageism that like like that nothing's gotten in your way? Well, or? There, there were challenges, of course. There were challenges of of um, challenges of just. Being able to 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 own up to what I had, and that was that was something that I needed to accept. You know, that was something I needed to, to in, plant in, firmly. In what mean? Um, like just just being about. Okay, I have this talent. I'm not sure what to do with it. I'm I feel I'm not I'm unsure if I want to go along with it or not. I was I was actually very nervous, a very nervous person because I did I lacked the confidence before. Mm, I lacked the confidence. Anxiety, with, right? Like I, social I, anxiety. Yeah, yeah, so I was dealing with that. I was dealing with a lot of, and in fact, a lot of a lot of performers deal with that. Mm. Like a lot of them, like uh, um, Chris Gethard, he talks about that. He's, he he makes fun of himself a lot, but um, yeah, um, that's. A Marie Bamford is another one. She has this show called Lady Dynamite. She talks about being in a, in a psych ward. Yeah, it's real, real life. She, and she's 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 taking something tragic and she's turning it. Around. And that's what I'm doing. I'm taking something that happened to me that I've experienced with anxiety, with depression, and and turning it around. Say, you know what? I'm not a victim of this. Right. I've been a victim of this long enough. I don't have to say this. Way. I hear you. That's what I, I said. Say, and it's a lot of years having to deal with that. That and and, and you know. That's what I felt about when I wrote Fish Out of Agua, that I went and I confronted the monsters in the cave, and I grabbed them by the throat, and I said, I'm not feeding you anymore. You no longer have power over me. That's right. That's so true. Art art is cathartic, um, but not all art that is made from catharsis is good. Yours, my darling, (laughs) is. Yay! Yay. Well, so where mm-hmm. can we see the the fabulous list of Marlene next? Are you still doing a show on MNN? I'm still, Talk about it. So uh, yeah. where, where, where can people find you like now? Okay. Um, well, this, this interview will probably run sometime in oh. July. So where can people see the fabulousness that is Marlene Villafan coming up? Well, I am on different projects right now. Um, in July, I've been um, invited to perform in a play for a festival, the, the Midtown International Theater Festival. Oh, cool. My friend wrote a play. Isabella Carolyn Boucher wrote a play. Isabella is a great friend of mine, and she wrote a play called Into the Bayou. And Into the Bayou is based on one of the episodes for a web series that I'm in called Providence. It's a oh. web series. I play Madame Marie Laveau, who is the voodoo priestess, high priestess, who actually lived in New Orleans. She actually lived. And she was a hairdresser slash voodoo priestess. Um, and I told her, I always wanted to play, play Marie, Marie Laveau. So I'll write you a part in this web series, Providence. Because Providence deals with these, these really mysterious murders. It deals with the supernatural. That's like. fantastic. So she, I'm going to write you in as in. Somehow I'm going to connect your, your character to the, to, the, to the series. I love web series. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. So, she, so the, the episode of the, of, that we did together for Providence, for the web series, is called Into the Bayou. She took Into the Bayou and wrote a play out of it. Put it into the mid the MITF, 
got accepted, and now we're going to put it on stage. That's great. So we're on um, coming up. Uh, if, you, if anyone wants to find out when the dates are, they can go to MITF, Mid Midtown uh, International Theater Festival. Look it up on Google. The dates will be there. It's three dates in July. And I play Madame Marie Laveau in a play called Into the Bayou by Isabella Carolyn Boucher. That is so cool. Yeah. So you're going from screen to stage, yeah, as opposed to from page to stage. Right, from right. Screen page to stage. Yeah. Page screen to stage. stage. So um, if somebody wants to catch up on the webisode episodes, where can they find those? They can go on YouTube, or they can go on Providence Web Series. Type that in, and they'll lead you to different okay. sites that you could see. Um, what well, you know, different episodes. So that would be like ProvidenceWebSeries.com. Right. 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 <laughs> There's some things on YouTube as well, and on Facebook. And and a do you have a personal website? Um, I'm setting that up now with a friend, but in the meantime, people can look me up on Facebook, and I ha I do have Twitter. I do okay. have that. What else do I have? Oh. I'm all over YouTube. Instagram. I'm all over YouTube. Instagram. I have, YouTube. Yeah. YouTube. Yeah, you so can find me on YouTube. Marlene yeah. on YouTube. And um, so are you no longer doing the MNN show? Yes. I'm still doing, I'm still producing Are You a Star? That is a live musical show that I do every Tuesday nights. It's on live at 11 p.m. right on the dot. 11 p.m. Channel 56 or 1993 on Spectrum. We're live every Tuesday night at 11 p.m. It's a 28-minute show, half-hour show. And I present live bands and things like that. That's so. amazing. So tune in, turn on yeah. with Marlene. Yeah. And I remembered the name of that guy who did that variety oh, really? show for years, Glenn O'Brien. Oh. He had people like Blondie on oh. and all the punk rockers and everything, and oh. like all people that like from like this like the Studio Fifty Four, Andy Warhol, like CBGB's wow. punk he was crew. Around for a long time. Yeah, he was around for a long time, and he used to write for Paper Magazine, which still. Like paper, paper magazine is still operational, oh, and wow. yeah, and he had a long running show on MNN. I remember, I remember going when I was at SVA when I was in school of visual. It tells me the '80s. I'm sorry, but um, yeah, I was there, and um, I had a friend that lived in Manhattan because mm -hmm. you didn't have cable in the outer boroughs back then. Uh -huh. yeah. And like mm -hmm. I remember being in in my girlfriend's house, and we were watching the show, and we thought it was the cool because we were like Blondie, yeah, the television, oh, Richard Hell, yeah. the Ramones, <laughs> yeah. you know, like oh my God, Andy Warhol, yeah, oh, you know. Whatever. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Studio. Whatever. Anyway, you know. <laughs> and, and it goes on. And we're just part of, and you and I, Marlene, are just part of a long chain of, you know, artists, you know, yeah. that, that just go on through, yeah, um, exactly. through, through history. And we're uh, just like the latest chain making, right now. Making history. Making history and getting the art done. Getting the art done. That's right, honey. And you know what? Getting paid for it also. And yeah. There's nothing wrong with see. that. Getting paid very well for claro, it. Claro, seguro, que se. Deserve, we deserve that. Sí. We deserve it. Yes, yes, we do. We do deserve to be paid. We deserve to be paid, and our stories deserve to be heard. That's right. I'm so glad you were here to talk with me, Marlene. I'm so glad for you. To, um, um, I hope to, to see you again. Okay. And we work together. We got to work yes, together. Yes, we got to we 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 find a way. We're going to do movies. We're going to be okay. on stage. Besito on the air. Uno, dos. Because I'm greedy. Que Dios te bendiga. Gracias, mami. Okay. Un placer. Bendición from Fish Out of Agua. Gracias. And we're back with Fish Out of Agua on Radio Free Brooklyn. That was Marlene Villafan. And um, you can see and hear all her fabulousness coming up on all the myriad of ways that you can contact her. And I am so happy that I remembered Glenn O'Brien's name. I like I wouldn't have been able to forgive myself. Well, I guess I would have, but I would have been embarrassed. And I actually did do a little bit of research on him between then and the time of the interview and now. And I just want to give this man a shout out because he was a prolific, revered, and beloved writer who covered art 
music, and fashion for over 40 years. He was the first editor of Andy Warhol's interview magazine in the early 70s um, to mid-70s. And if you don't know who Andy Warhol or Interview Magazine is, then I have to tell you, GTS, man, Google that shit. In the late 70s and early 80s, he hosted the show on MNN that I remember called TV Party, whose guests also included, besides Blondie, Television, Richard Hell and the Ramones, David Byrne, Klaus Nomi, Fab Five Freddy, Jean-Michel Basquiat, among many, many, many others. And after that, Glenn continued his career being a stand-up comic, a published author a contributing editor at Harper's Bazaar and Allure magazines, and a creative director at Barney's. He was a true Renaissance human, the kind that you don't really see that much anymore. He did transition just this past April, and I wanted to shout him out because I think it's important for we artists to be familiar with those who came before so we can better carry our vision forward. And on that note, I want to play a song, um, another song that Marlene picked for today. And it kind of is like a little s- supernatural and freaky deaky and metaphysical because we were talking about art going forwards and going back. And I had already wanted to play Chaka Khan's Ain't Nobody for this episode because I you know, to open this episode because I had this thing in my head that for the rest of the summer I want to open every episode with a song I remember from growing up. And Marlene picked Ain't Nobody also. But she didn't pick Shaka Khan's Ain't Nobody. She picked another version. A salsa version.
That was the salsa version of Ain't Nobody by Alex Wilson, released as a single in 2010. And guess what, kids? That's our show. Has been Fish Out of Agua, and you've been listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. And if you like what you've heard this episode or in any past episode, you know what I'm going to tell you guys? Consider sponsoring us. Yeah, why not? I mean, you know, support living artists, support living artists. You can sponsor Fish Out of Agua with Michelle Carlo or any of the fine shows on Radio Free Brooklyn for a dollar per episode. That is like, okay, you can't even get on the subway. You you can get like a really lousy slice of pizza for a dollar. You could get like a lousy beer, like a Budweiser for a dollar. And that's about it. So like save, save your stomach from lousy pizza, save your um, liver from lousy beer, drink better, eat better, and give us the dollar. Just, it's so easy. Just go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. Look on the tab where it says donate, pull down the menu. And then follow the prompts. And you can rest in the satisfaction that you are supporting an art. And not just an artist. A living artist. An artist that's alive today. Who will also get the satisfaction of knowing that, wow, somebody out there appreciated the work that they were doing. And I'm still alive and I can know about it. That's a cool thing because we all want some kind of validation. You know, you can't create in a vacuum and sometimes it, it's hard to live in a vacuum because you never know if what you if what you do has any effect on anyone. I'd like to close with a song that Marlene picked for her time today. And it's from the Italian tenor, the famous and revered Italian tenor, Andrea Bocelli. Can you imagine, like, I'm playing Italian tenor music, like operatic music, I'm playing salsa. Oh, my God, fish out of agua. I'm opening up my horizons. I'm swimming in new seas. This is amazing. I I have to say, I would not have listened to this song, probably, had Marlene not picked it. Anyway, it's by Andrea Bocelli. And fitting with what I was just talking about before with Glenn O'Brien and the passing of the torch to the artists. Um, it's called Conte Patiro, which means time to say goodbye. Stay tuned for Brooklyn Bandstand next, and we'll see you next week.
Per 